Luke chapter number 15, please. Verse number 29. And uh, let's begin reading there. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgress I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I make, might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath, and notice he didn't call him my brother. He said, thy son. He said, which hath devoured thy living with harlots. Thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make Mary and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Father, help me. Help us this morning. God, breathe on this congregation. God, thank you for the good preaching we've already heard. Now, Lord, I pray you touch us and bless us with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You can be seated. You know the story of Luke 15. The younger brother has came to his dad and said, I want everything I got coming to me. The dad gave it to him. I've never have understood that. I always felt like the inheritance ought to be given out at, after the death. But uh, nonetheless, he gets his inheritance and he goes to the world with it. Wastes it on righteous living, harlots, partying. Goes out there and just throws everything that he had ever been given to the world. Gives it away. I mean, just throws it up and then he gets right with God. Now, this young man knew that if he came home, the father had a Bible right to have him killed or a graceful right to kiss him and to receive him. And this old boy had the attitude, kiss me or kill me, I'm going back either way. I need to get right with God. That's true biblical repentance, by the way. And he comes home and the father received him. And the servants received him. But the older brother would not go and our text, he said, uh, Lo, these many years I served thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandment. You know what he's saying is the truth. I mean, he's going to his father and his father, he's saying, Dad, you know, I've, I've been a good son to you. He's right. He never did leave the farm, never did transgress the commandment. And I appreciate everybody that's there. I don't always appreciate the attitudes Go along with it, but if you've not gone to the world, I commend you. If you have not lived in the party life, I commend you. If you're still at home, I bless the Lord that you are. I like what the Bible said when he said, All that I have is thine, is what the Father said to that son. I love that phrase. I tell that to my boy often, son. Everything I got is yours, but just make sure you put it back where you found it when you're done with it. And uh, he, he's a good son. I really is. Look at him. You can't put your finger on him. He's clean, separated. He's a servant. He's working. He's a good son. I want to preach on this simple subject this morning. You may be a good son, but you stink at being a brother. I just don't want to be a good son. I just don't want to be a good husband. I just don't want to be a good father. I just don't want to be a good friend. I, by the grace of God, desire to be a good brother because this thing of being a brother, uh, it, it's got a reach that just being a dad doesn't have, just being a husband doesn't have. It's, it's got a broader reach than anything I think we could be called 
I am a husband to my wife, but she's saved, I'm saved, so that means I'm also a brother to her. <laughs> They'll go home and tell your wife, come here and kiss your brother. Say man right there. <laughs> that was a joke. It was intended to be funny so you would laugh, okay? And uh, not only am I my children's dad, uh, those that are saved, I am their brother in Christ. So I want to be a good brother. Don't you want to be a good brother? Don't you want to be a good sister in Christ? Don't you, don't you want to be that, that brother? So this guy's got some issues. He was not a good brother. Everything he said about himself was correct, but he didn't. There's some things he did not do that really bothered me to the point that God allowed me to make this little sermon up, give me this talk. First of all, he didn't try to warn him when he was heading to the world. He he didn't say, hey, I heard. I know that Daddy gave you your inheritance because he gave me mine too. Amen. The Bible said he divided unto both of them. That's why they both got their inheritance. And one wasted it, one kept it. And that elder brother didn't go to him and say, I heard you was going to the world. There was no warning going out. If that brother would have had any heart about him at all, he'd have been standing at the door and saying, you know, I've never been to the world. I don't know what it's like. I don't know what beer's like and alcohol and drugs and all that mess. I don't know what it's like. But I've heard the stories. And I promise you, you don't want this world. Should have been a warning going. Should have looked at him and said, hey, man, I, you're fixing to make a big mistake. You're fixing to make a huge mistake. Well, one of you boys to get out here and you get out of God's will and you go to court in a lost girl. She's wicked and ungodly and unholy. One of your friends ought to come to you and say something to you about it. But you need to stay away from her. She's, she's, she's a devil. One of you girls go to looking at a boy that ain't right. One of your friends ought to come to you and say, hey, you know what? At the risk of losing your friendship, I love you enough to warn you you're going down the wrong road. If, you, if, you, if, you, if you're listening to the wrong music or, or whatever the case may be, whatever sin that you got in your life, and, and I don't think you ought to be a pharisaical, a busybody with your nose up in everybody's business, but never when you see a friend up going the wrong direction, there ought to be a warning. As men of God, God has us sound out warnings off. I sounded out a warning here about a month ago, preached a whole message on the results of moving to Moab. I'm preaching this morning, you don't want the world, you don't want this world system, you don't want this music, none of that. He didn't try to warn him. Thank God for every time we got warned about something. He he, he not only didn't try to warn him, but he never did. He didn't try to warn him on his way out. He never did try to win him back when he was in the world. I know we preach the Father stayed faithful. I know we preach, boy, he stayed consistent. Boy, and the picture of God the Father is wonderful in that text. But if you study your Bible, you'll come to the same conclusion I have. uh, That as a brother, we have got a responsibility. Uh, Cain looked at God and said, am I my brother's keeper? I know the answer to that. Yes, we are. 
absolutely I'm my brother's keeper. He didn't try to win him when he was out there. Well, I'm not going to the world. I'm not either. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go out there and uh, and um, uh, try to turn my hat around backwards and go to the pool halls and sit down at the bar to be a witness. I'll stand out in the parking lot as they're coming in and going out and preach the gospel to them. You need to try to win him. What? It, what? What? How do we? How do we win a brother? This? Well, you got to do just exactly like they did in the old days. Amen. <laughs> when the blizzards would come, they would take a, they'd keep a long rope in the house, or a rope long enough to reach the barn, and a rope long enough to reach the outhouse. <laughs> and when somebody had a need and they couldn't see because of the blizzard, and they had to go to the barn or had to go get some wood, they would tie that rope to themselves, <laughs> keep the other end tied to the house. <laughs> And everywhere they went, they stayed tied to the house. And neighbor, I tell you, that's what we've got to do. We've got to keep ourselves tied to the church and tied to God and tied to each other and tied to your family and go after that which is lost. How long till we find it? Till we find it. He didn't try to win him. And even when he came, it was in the world. He didn't try to win him, but now the boys came home. Just a simple thought this morning. He didn't. He didn't try to win him. He didn't try to. He didn't. He, he. There was no part of him being in that welcome committee when his brother came home. His daddy was there to hug him. The servants were there to serve him, but brother was nowhere to be found. He. He didn't say welcome home. I'm so glad you're back. I'm glad you got right with God. I'm going to tell you something. If somebody getting right with God bothers you, you've got issues that are super, super deep. And you need to get right with God yourself. If a brother, hey, the Bible said, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. I may have said this before. I'm confident I have in this pulpit. But neighbor, that restoration there is the bone shedding of a broken bone that's a word picture, but what if they broke their bone while they was hitting you over the head? What do I do when a brother really lays it to me and throws me under the bus and breaks his knuckles on my head or breaks his elbow from elbow or breaks his knee from kneeing me and my skull? You with your spiritual. <laughs> get him back first chance you get. You with your spiritual. When he ain't looking, take a baseball bat to his head. No, you with your spiritual restore such a one of spirit of meekness. How often am I to forgive my brother, Peter said. Seventy times seven. Higher my little peanut brain can fathom. I'd have to have a calculator to have that numerical equation right there, but he didn't welcome him. I mean, sinners, when they get right with God, ought to be welcomed home. Amen. But somebody that's left the church and they make things right and they come back with humility, they ought to be welcomed back in the church house by everybody. Amen or not? You know, Peter got put in jail. And the church prayed. God sent an angel. And that angel woke Peter up, smote him. Sometimes the touch of God can get just a little bit rough. And he smote that same angel, smote Herod in the same chapter, and that killed him. Such a one angel's touch might set one man free, and it might kill another man. 
And Peter, with no problem, gets up and goes through all those guards, walks out the door, the gate of the city, everything, walks out of it, no problem. Then he goes to the church house, and he's out there beating on the gate. I asked somebody, it was harder for Peter to get into the church than it was for him to get out of jail. <laughs> well, that's the man that preached on the day of Pentecost. Ain't y'all going to let him in? That can't be him. That's his ghost. I'm scared to death. Well, you've been sitting in here praying that God would turn him loose and God answered your prayer and you don't even believe it when they answered prayer from before your eyes. Hey, brother, I'm telling you right now, when that younger brother comes back home, everybody ought to be a welcoming him in. I got sidetracked there a little bit, but that's okay. He got. He, he didn't welcome him. He, he. He. The verse twenty. The Bible said to bring hither. Bring hither. Uh, said to bring forth rather uh, the best robe. Put it on him. Bring a ring. Put it on him. Bring shoes. Put it on. You know. You know. He didn't say. He. He. That elder brother didn't help out with the wardrobe. You know. If I would have been there, I hope I would say. You know what, Dad? Don't let the servants do that. Let me get this robe. Let me get these shoes. Let me get. Let me put it on him for you, Daddy. Let me help him out. Well, I'd hope I'd have had enough grace in my heart that, that when it when it showed up, that I'd have, I'd have walked out. And I said, "Brother, I'm glad you're home." And, and I said, "I said, turn around. Let me put this coat on you." And see, they 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 they, they there's two reasons why uh, that I believe that, uh, that he didn't say what size shoes to get, what size ring to get, and what size uh, uh, coat to get. Uh, two reasons why because they probably already knew his size or and this is the main reason that one size fits all when you get right with God that when you go to Calvary one size fits all amen and that older brother wouldn't even help him out with the wardrobe but then but then verse number 28 the Bible said and he was angry and would not go in I tell you what this, this brother would not there's some things he would not do i tell you one thing he wouldn't do. He wouldn't pray for his brother. He wouldn't go looking for him. He wasn't going to love on him. He wasn't going to fellowship. He wasn't going to worship. What are the things that you are so unfilled with charity about that you won't do for your brother? Amen. I know there are people. Even in our Baptist churches, if you've got to have scriptural and spiritual discernment and spend some time in prayer, that there are people that we have got to keep a healthy distance from. But this younger brother is not one of those people. He wouldn't do it. Oh, man, I ain't going to eat with him. Sermon number two this morning, he looks at his daddy and says, Daddy, yeah, you got him the fatty calf. And you ain't even never got me a kid. He said, you giving him a cow, you ain't even never gave me a goat. Do you know what that father said? He said, son, all that I have is thine. Now here's my question to you. Uh, is we have a God that's got the cattle on a thousand hills. And we get so tunnel vision that we've got our eyes on one calf that the elder brother's eating the rib off of. Well, there's millions of other cows and every bit of it because it's God, it's ours. We're going to sit there and stare at one. God help you. God help me. 
God blesses my brother with a ribeye and I got an opportunity to get on the other end of it, I'm going to help him eat it. And if they ain't enough to go around, by the grace of God, if he's getting right with God, let me go get you a cup of milk or some cornbread or a baked potato to go with that. Let me be a blessing. What I'm preaching is easy preaching, and it's hard living sometimes. But the reason it's hard living because what's going on in this brother's heart, you hear me and hear me well, it runs in the family. Whose family does it run in? That one that fell in Adam in the garden, that's whose family it runs in and sell the brother's problem the reason he ain't going in and getting in on this worship service is because maybe and I believe this to be true he already threw his party when the boy left the elder brother probably already rejoiced in his heart he's already excited about that why because now he don't have to share the farm with the younger brother. And maybe, maybe the reason that this younger brother coming home uh, is causing the elder brother to take this. It looks like to me, Brother Will, that the elder brother is taking this way too personal. He's jealous. He's envious. I call it the, the uh, what did I call it? I call it, I think, yes, the EBS. I've diagnosed this brother with EBS. What's that? John Morgan terminology. The elder brother syndrome. That I'm better than you syndrome. While you was partying, I was working. And thank God for it. I'd rather see somebody work as I would party. But he's got that. Jealousy, that envy. Amen. I hate it. I, I hate it. I hate that. You want to see something I, I personally pray about because I hate it so much in my own life. And I, and I pray about my family every day. God help us not to be that covetous, envious, jealous, competitive group of people. Lord, I don't want to be that way. God blesses a friend of mine with a new truck, I'm going to call him up and congratulate him. I taught my children when, when their friends were blessed with new vehicles, you go to them, you look at that vehicle, and you say, that's a nice vehicle, congratulations. You get a friend, God promotes him in the ministry, you ought to call him up and say, congratulations. I'm happy for you. I, I'm glad God blessed you. God blesses one. It ain't no use sitting around and getting jealous. It ain't going to do nothing but make you miserable. It ain't going to do nothing but keep you outside. And you're going to be on the outside looking in. And you got this old competitive older brother who ain't nothing but a bully, upset because his daddy, it's all mine now, but it looks like the little brother ain't just going to be a servant. He's going to end up being the brother again. Now we got a problem. But this older brother never heard what the younger brother had to say. He hasn't had time to hear. The younger brother in his humility confesses sin. Make me one of thy servants. And in his pride he has missed out on the humility of his brother. At first glance, and I'm done this morning, what kind of brother are you? You're going to leave your brothers and sisters out to dry. You're going to let them walk away from God. You're going to let them live in sin. 
At first glance, it looks like this older brother is, is the model, model son. And I'm going to go, don't call me a hypocrite, but I'm going to go against the title of my own message. You may be a good son, but you stink at being a brother. Emphasis on you may be. It looks like to me he wasn't as good of a son as we think he might have been. Obviously, his relationship with the father wasn't what it should have been. Obviously, he had a relationship, but he didn't have no fellowship. Because you talk to your daddy like this guy's talking to him. There's not a closeness at all. There's no fellowship. You may be, you may be in the family. But I asked you, do you have fellowship with God this morning? He had no restoring spirit. He was not concerned. And he had no respect for his daddy. And the problem, the whole problem with this elder brother is that he didn't love what his daddy loved. <laughs> his daddy loved his family. The elder brother loved himself. The elder brother had tunnel vision. The elder brother could only see what he had done and seen himself. The elder brother couldn't see the big picture. He didn't love what his daddy loved. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't live what his daddy had lived. Obviously that daddy had lived with a burden. and Obviously that daddy had lived with a broken heart. and Obviously that daddy had lived with a believing heart. But this uh, elder brother, he didn't live out. He didn't waste one night. He didn't lose one night's sleep praying for that boy to come home. And I guarantee you that daddy did. He didn't live with a broken heart like that daddy did. You young people, you hear me and hear me well. When you rebel, I don't care if it's on a big level or a little level, you break your mom and daddy's heart. When you don't do right, you might as well clear your throat and spit in your mom and daddy's face, rip their heart out of their chest, throw it on the ground and stomp on it. Your mom and daddy love you. They care for you and they want the best you've got. And you're going to treat them like trash. And they're going to help somebody else and you're going to come up with that old jelly. You don't love me like you do them. You ain't never cooked for me like you did them. How come you do for them and you don't do for me? And we got to remind you all that I have is thine. He didn't live what that daddy had lived and he wasn't looking at what that daddy was looking at. Not one bit that he look out there Wonder if his brother was coming home. He didn't care. But every day, every day, every day, I guarantee you that father, he'd look out. Now that song, it ain't, it ain't, I don't think it's, I'm not against it. I think Brother Lance Carpenter wrote it. Didn't he write on, he's still sitting in my place at the table? I love that song. And there's a part of me that really, really, and I know it's a in-between-the-line thought, but it's good. And I really think that may have been the case. And that elder brother, he'd maybe walk up, what you doing there? Well, you might as well let somebody else sit there. He ain't never coming in. I, I done heard he'd been up partying real hard. 
Not that daddy, but he just looked down that road waiting on the day. Waiting on the day for him to come home. Maybe I tell you right now, you ought to be a good brother.